This episode of the Cascadian Beer Podcast has been made possible by the BC Ale Trail. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired. bcaletrail.ca Ownership is a driving force to any business. So if you can keep your brewery family owned, that can lead to some new creative paths. Welcome to the Cascadian Beer Podcast. My name is Aaron and I'm a Cascadian. I have a background in radio and television broadcasting. I'm a music producer and have a passion for beer. I don't consider myself an expert in beer by any means, but I do enjoy and respect the craft and the passion of the craft beer industry. Cascadia is a bioregion in the Pacific Northwest and the North American continent. It's made up of the U.S. states of Washington and Oregon, as well as the Canadian province of British Columbia. In this podcast series, I profile the unique breweries of Cascadia, a region that has a strong presence on the international beer scene. If you're enjoying this podcast, please make sure you're subscribed wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss an episode. And please feel free to share to help continue the support of this series. I'm in British Columbia's capital, Victoria. During my visit during Victoria Craft Beer Week, I had a chance to visit with many of the local breweries, one of them being Moon Underwater Brewery, Pub, and Distillery. I sat down with their brewmaster to talk about their creativity and their new adventure into distilling. Clay Potter. I'm uh, one of the owners and brewmaster here at Moon Underwater. And how long has Moon Underwater been open for? It's been open for about six and a half years. Mm -hmm. And we bought it about five and a half years ago. Right. So, yeah, we've taken over about a year into it. And so how did beer find you? Always been into beer. I got started yeah, when I was young. My mom and I used to have beers every Friday night when I was about 16 and we used to try to get a different six pack every week. And by the time I was 19, I had tried every beer that was available to be bought in BC and uh, started home brewing and just fell in love with it. Man, got to say big cheers to your mom. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I thought we'd open a brewery together. Yeah. <laughs> so she's, she's one of the other owners. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just all family. So it's me, my, my mom and my stepdad. So awesome. Cool. Yeah, you met Steve earlier. He's looking after the uh, the new distillery over there. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, we'll we'll touch on that. But first, um, what were the types of beers that you set out to make once you made the purchase? Like, did you have to change the lineup at all? Or yeah, we completely changed everything. We changed everything but the name, mm -hmm. um, and that came down to basically we maxed out all of our savings, everything, everything we could come up with, and it's we didn't really have a lot names, of time to rebrand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So. Uh, we did all, all new beers, um, and actually complete opposite style from what, what they were doing before. So it was a, it was an English style sort of brew pub before mm -hmm. very focused on, on low alcohol session mm -hmm. ales. Uh, but they had this beautiful German brew house and mm -hmm. sort of a diamond in the rough. Mm. Uh, they had brought it over from Korea. It was custom made over there and it would have been a million dollar package when it was set up in Korea. That's a lot of copper on there. Yeah. All, all that copper. That's all for show. So yeah. I know. Uh, someone but... had a lot of money to, to spill into it. Um, the story with the Korean one was interesting. They set it up about, I guess it was about 15 years ago now. Mm -hmm. And the story was the, the Germans came in, they set it up, they taught 
The Koreans had a brew. It was set up in a, a skyscraper in Seoul. The Germans leave after six months. And they get all the recipes ready for you. The Koreans brewed for a few months after that, and then they just stopped brewing. Oh. And they just left it as a showpiece. And the bar stayed open for another three years. And then eventually they went bankrupt. It went to a shipping container. It sat in the shipping container for, for about eight years. Never got used. Wow. Uh, the previous owner, Don and Bonnie Bradley, bought it uh, for really cheap cheap almost scrap metal prices well, yeah, brought no, it over obviously nobody wanted it yeah, yeah right i think they didn't know what they had um and they brought it over here and they they kind of cut it up and set it up as an english style sort of infusion brewery right. uh, but really it's a it's a you know almost it's semi semi-automated but uh we do all that mashes everything can be programmed in we can do decoction brewing on it so um it's really a state-of-the-art little brew house right so, so what is a de- decoction brew then but decoction comes from the old, the old German style of brewing. So before you could have jacketed vessels where you could control the temperature properly, uh, everything was done basically boiling pots, boiling vessels over, over open flame. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Germans figured out how to, how to optimize for different enzymes to make their lagers really dry. Uh, so basically what you're doing, you're taking a portion of your mash, you're pulling it out, you're putting it in a separate pot and you're boiling it while stirring it. Mm-hmm. bringing the temperature up and then adding that back to your main mash. And that is raising the temperature. So if you think about a typical infusion mashing homebrew system, you're resting at one temperature, mm-hmm. you might be getting 70, 70% efficiency out of that. Yep. Uh, we're getting uh, you know low nineties for efficiency on ours. Wow. Uh, because we're, we're starting at a low, you know, starting at a protein rest. And we're bringing up to uh, to beta gluconase, alpha, alpha amylase sort of rests and, and going from there. Right. So and then what is the size of the brew house then? It's a thousand liter brew house. Thousand. So we can push 1200 out maybe if we mash it, mash it pretty full. Um, and then, you know, maybe 800 liters if we're doing a big, a big barrel aged beer or something. Okay. Right. So yeah, you do barrel aged beers. Um, that's a fairly recent program, right? That, that you've started? No, we, we, we almost started it right from the start. I think we, we bought our first barrels maybe six months in. Uh, we bought 16 barrels from a local winery, about half blackberry port barrels, half red wine barrels. And we've been aging, you know, our first release was about two and a half years in because we aged them for about a year and a half in the barrels. Since then, we've expanded. We've got, well, we've got about 24 barrels on this side. And then uh, our, uh, my old head brewer's got a, a barrel house as well. And he's looking after a lot of our sour beers there. So we've right. probably got about 40 or so altogether. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So we try to do, uh, we do, you know, one batch will be four barrels on batch on our system. So mm-hmm. we try to release one every season and, uh, with a new expansion mm-hmm. on this side here, uh, we're hoping to double those up. So right. we're yeah, hoping to do, you know, two releases a season or so eight releases or so a year. Right. So is there a core lineup then? Because like we have a, 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 t- a, a, flight here and there's quite an array is there anything that is like a core year-round lineup or are you fairly yeah. rotating everything oh through? definitely yeah i mean our our loggers is really what we specialize in so when we as i sort of back to the original story there when we took over it was all english session ales mm-hmm. we thought there was definitely a, a market for well-made loggers on the island and you know six seven years ago we thought that was the we thought that was the uh the way that the craft beer scene is going and we're definitely seeing it. Mm-hmm. It might've taken five, six years, but we're definitely seeing Pilsners mm-hmm. make a comeback. I think 
ales are definitely easier to make. Yeah. Um, you can throw a bunch of hops in any beer and, and kind of fool a lot of beer drinkers. Uh, but making a really clean, crisp lager is, is a little bit tougher. So with the German system, that was our, our goal from the start. Uh, so we'll always have three loggers, uh, our light side session lager, uh, a dunkel and uh, German pills. Uh, that kind of shows the variety of loggers that are out there. Uh, and then, you know, we got to have an IPA. It, always talk about getting rid of a, a, a regular West Coast IPA, but it can never, uh, can never fully get rid of it, especially having the, the brew pub. Um, that's the beer that, that most, most of the regulars go for. Oh, I mean, it is the region that we live in. It's, it's, it's IPA home. That's so. right. Yeah. So we've played around with our IPA a lot. Uh, almost every batch is different. We're constantly screwing around with new, new hops and new recipes. So it's the one beer that doesn't, it's a core beer, but it's always, mm-hmm. it's always different. Um, and then we always have a, a half year round. So eight months of the year, we'll do our, our straight German Hefeweizen. Uh, the other four months we're doing our Weizenbach, mm. you know, strong dark wheat beer. Um, you know, we'll do our pumpkin pears and, uh, wheat Weizen, uh, in the, in the fall with a pumpkin. So right. sort of our take on that. And then, yeah, and we're just constantly, you know, with the, the small brew house, you know, we do a different thousand liter batch every, every couple of weeks. A lot of it doesn't leave the brew pub. So, you know, locals will know about it, but over in Vancouver, um, I think, you don't hear about 90% of the beers that, that we're brewing. Yeah, yeah. Just want to say thank you really quick to the BC Ale Trail for making this episode possible. Who, by the way, have an ale trail for Victoria. All you need to do is go to the bcaletrail.ca and you'll find recommended itineraries for not just Victoria, but other regions of the province, a comprehensive list of every craft brewery in BC, a calendar of beer events, and a blog with lots of great stories. The regional ale trails include local breweries, pubs, and restaurants, along with other activities the area has to offer. So whether you're planning a weekend trip or being a tourist in your own backyard or just want to check out Victoria and have no idea where to begin, well, let the BC Ale Trail guide you to your next beer adventure. Arrive thirsty, leave inspired at bcaletrail.ca. To touch on something you said there about like how you think loggers are coming back. Yeah, I, I, I've, I would... I kind of agree with you with that because what starting this podcast almost three years ago now, everybody's like, Oh, loggers are boring. And you know, it was the big hop bombs, the big IPAs yeah. at the time were doing the thing. But now, and I was having a conversation earlier this morning um, with another brewer about how the boring beers are, I think are stepping forward because of the, the, the appreciation for the balance and the character and just Absolutely, actually sticking yeah. the style. So, I mean, is that something that you're really trying to dial in here is just being absolutely true to that style? Yeah. We've just been trying to perfect that. It's, it's a tough beer to make and we've been trying to perfect those lagers since the start. Um, and I think what it's coming down to is that the average beer drinkers palate is getting better. Yeah. You, you can't make a, a crappy craft beer anymore. You can't just, uh, Make some because there's so many breweries now and the competition is getting so much tougher mm-hmm. and people's palates are getting more discerned and they're starting to pick out these, these, you know, well-made lagers and appreciating them. Yeah. So you make beer wart. seems like you're wanting to do something else with that. Yeah, well at the definitely. Yeah. yeah. We're, well, we're sitting in the, the new distillery tasting room right now. It's a yeah. little quiet because uh, we're not open yet. Soon. <laughs> We've got our manufacturing license. We've been, uh, pumping out spirits since just before Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got a beautiful little uh, Polish still, 500 liters. So we're brewing, brewing about once a week on the weekends, yeah. uh, bringing the barrel, bringing the, the totes over to the, uh, 
to the distillery side, pitching our yeast, fermenting over here, mm-hmm. and then doing our all grain craft spirits. So the city of Victoria is a little tougher with the, the tasting rooms. So you notice there's no, no breweries have tasting rooms in Victoria. You either have a brew pub or you have a brewery uh, and nothing in between. Yeah. Uh, so we've got the brew pub license and we've got the distillery license and we've got this empty tasting room. So we're hoping we're going to be the first ones approved. Phillips has built a tasting room as well. He's waiting to be approved. Yeah. Uh, there's actually another brewery in Rock Bay just up the street, Il Sauvage. Mm-hmm. That's got a tasting room built. They're waiting to be approved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're just keeping hounding the city. They told us in January. Then they told us February. Now they're telling us March. It's March now. I guess. It's March when we're taping this. We so go uh, knock on their door. Yeah. Well, and, and we're taping this during uh, Victoria Beer Week as well. So what better time than what that? better time to announce new rules and be <laughs> friends right. with the brewing community than during Victoria beer week. So we'll, we'll see. <laughs> so, so yeah. So with, with the beers that you're doing and now the spirits, I mean, where do you go from here? Like is, are, are you going to be just kind of comfortable at this level? Or yeah, is- that's, that's the point we got to. We, I mean, we've got a small brew house. We've got a small pub. There was definitely more demand for our beers than we could provide, especially over in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, because you right. pack it because you package with west coast canning right so, yeah that's yeah. right yeah and we've got a you know homemade bottling line that we bottle two bottles at a time uh so we really thought you know we we're at sort of a crossroads at our five-year anniversary which was in september there do we expand do we move locations do we build a big brewery do we become a, a production brewery and uh that's what everyone else seems to be doing there's also a lot of breweries opening up mm-hmm. and there is room for them all if the public gets behind it and Mm -hmm. increases craft beer drinking. But we thought the other way to go would be to stay small and expand into different, different areas. So the distillery, that's the, that's the end goal that we went with, you know, keeping everything smaller, keeping everything local. Um, I've worked in big breweries and it's not as fun as more staff, more, you know, more trying to please more people we like to be a little more experimental and a little more wild and, and keeping everything but, small. But, but you can do island. that with the scale of which you're at. Right? Exactly. Like, yeah. yeah. So, so rather than you'll build a, a 30 heck or four fifty heck brew house, we thought we'd just keep the brew house the same. We brought in some more tanks, do some more seasonals. Mm-hmm. Um, we're brewing five days a week. We'll be brewing seven days a week this summer. Uh, and then expanding to the distillery side and, you know, getting into, sodas and victoria is a great tourist market so we get lots of tourists mm-hmm. you know the more people we can bring to our brewery and sell out of the brewery you know for every pint that we sell in the brewery you know we can make about the same as shipping off you know a case of beer so for us we thought yeah we'll keep the margin small keep it keep it small we don't want to take on any investors we want to stay family business so yeah well, and then, and that would kind of not give you the freedom to experiment as well. Right. So. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing, you know, we can focus on our, you know, just pumping out our, our lights, our lager or something on a, on a massive scale, or, mm-hmm. you know, we can continue to, to do these small batches of funky beers and, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. See, yeah, cause you can, cause yeah, like, uh, I, I just got the sneak peek at the new barrel aged bottles that are coming out and, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And with your packaging as well, like that's beautifully presented. So oh, right on. got to, got to give you guys props for, oh, for doing that. Yeah. So. And it's something that we couldn't do if we we're a bigger brewery, you know, these are all mm-hmm. cork and caged by hand, uh, hand stamped everyone mm-hmm. rolled on. So, you know, we'll get the whole, we've got, I've got three guys in the brewery right now. Actually 
myself and, and two others on the brew house side. And then we just bring in, you know, students and that for, for bottling days and, mm-hmm. and canning days. And, um, and that's, that's just a comfortable spot to be. So if somebody was wanting to go down this path of opening up their own brewery, what would be some advice that you could give them? You know, it's funny at the beginning it, we thought, you know, go big, go big. You know, Phillips was our inspiration. We, yep. you know, the family was we all new Phillips from the beginning. And, you know, he's, he's, he did that. And that was a time that he came in that, that he was able to expand and grow at a, a ridiculous rate. And now the way craft beer is going, I think people are wanting local. People want something in their community. They want to know the person who's making it and where everything's coming from. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, I think that the growth is going to be in the smaller towns and mm-hmm. as not so much the regional brewers that. Well, just here on the island, like the small communities have a bunch of breweries opening up. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And you know, Victoria's always been sort of a beer, a beer city. Like we, you mm-hmm. know, Spinnaker is the first brew pub yep. in Canada to come in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Victorians are fiercely loyal to their local companies. So yeah. uh, we've already got quite a few big breweries mm-hmm. in, in Victoria now. So, and, but I'm like speaking of like Souk and yeah. Like, oh, yeah. you know, and like Port Alberni's getting Definitely. one. Right? Yeah. So, you know, yeah. Parksville, yeah. you know, Dave uh, up at uh, Mount Aerosmith yeah. doing great beers. Yeah. You, you know, it used to be, you drive up the Island and you know, there was very few and far between. And now you can, mm-hmm. you can stop every 15 minutes and pop into a brewery for a taster. It's a little dangerous, but yeah, you know, Tofino's, Tofino's done great out there. They showed that you and can, that's an you effort can to get out there and yeah, something. Yeah. 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 Like I can, you know, it's scary driving that, driving that road out there in my car. I can imagine bringing a, a, a bunch of pallets of malt out there and yeah, and they've been super successful, mm-hmm. you know, just based on that image of, of Tofino as well, as well as making great beers. Uh, but it shows you, yeah, you can open, you can open a brewery anywhere as long as the, the, the locals get behind you. And you're making great beer. And yeah. you're making great beer. Yeah. yeah. I think cool. that's that's where the, the scene's going. You know, you're gonna have to make great beer. You didn't maybe you didn't necessarily have to make great beer in the past. You had to be, you know, you could have great marketing or mm-hmm. or just open up where there was a, a vacuum of good of any kind of beer. Uh, but now I think we're starting to we're gonna start to weed out you know, the other really good brewers and Vancouver's I think Vancouver's pushing that with the breweries over there. The the new ones that are opening up are mm-hmm. are are really forcing everyone to step their game up. Yeah. This is really time to dial in the recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Which was another reason to, you know, stay small and focus on a niche market, you know, yeah. there's so many styles out there now. So it's only going to be room for people that can do them really well. And then who's inspiring you locally for, uh, to up your game. Oh, you know what? We're, we're such a good community here. Everybody's, everybody's, looking out for each other. Uh, everyone's inspiring each other. I mean, having the only, you know, brew pub in, in the sort of rock Bay area, you know, the, the driftwood guys are in for lunch almost every day. Uh, the Hoyne guys are in for lunch all the time it's, and Il Sauvage, of course. And, mm-hmm. um, and then we do, you know, we collaborate with the other brew pubs as well. We did a little Victoria Harbor brew pub collective. So, uh, between us, canoe spinnakers and, uh, swans, we, we take turns brewing on each other's systems. So, yeah. Um, we share deliveries and things like that. So we're all super tight. I mean, everyone here knows it's, we're all fighting against the big breweries. Right. Yeah. As far as in, inspiration, uh, every Friday, you know, we'll have beers, uh, with, with my brewers and with other brewers and mm-hmm. we'll just taste what's new and what's out there. And it's, you know, it's something great. We'll try to, we'll lots of great ideas come it. from Friday drinks. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, if somebody was wanting to get into home brewing, what would be some, uh, practical tips that you could give the up and coming brewer? 
Brew lots. <laughs> yeah, you know, I actually started brewing before I was really home brewing, mm. like brewing on a big scale, brewing for a brewery. I started off working in a lab for Lighthouse. And that was about the same time that I started brewing. And when I was there, it was actually run. It was uh, run by the guys that started Driftwood and they were big time home brewers. So, uh, you know, we were back then Lighthouse wasn't making a whole lot of different beers. We had sort of the same four beers for mm-hmm. 15 years. And, but these guys were brewing small scale almost every day. And, right. and uh, they really inspired myself and Dan, who's now the, the brewmaster at Canoe, mm-hmm. uh, to get into home brewing and let our creative forces go there. And you make, you have a lot of ideas in your head. You make a lot of terrible beers mm-hmm. uh, and you make the odd, odd good beer as well. So um, yeah, just staying, not getting, not getting too wild, but just brewing the same beers over and over again until they, until you perfect them. Yeah. And we're still doing that in the brewery. Uh, yeah. Like I said, every beer is different. You know, we might try a half a degree higher, you know, for, uh, for a rest mm-hmm. and, you know, like, extra hundred grams of, of finishing hops or something. Right. Um, constantly tweaking it until we, until it's perfect. Big thank you to Clay for his time. We recorded that episode back in March of 2018. And I'm happy to say as this episode drops now in late 2018, they are about to finally open that tasting room for their distilling side. So really looking forward to checking that out finally and uh, checking out uh, what they've been up to creatively on the distilling end of things. But, I mean, you should just go check out the pub itself anyway, and that moon underwater. And thank you very much again, Clay, for your time. Really appreciate it. And thank you to the BCL Trail for sponsoring this episode. Be sure to check them out at bcltrail.ca. If you've been enjoying this episode and you want to continue to enjoy this podcast series and connect with us, you can by going to Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Cascadian Beer. You can follow me on Twitter at Cascadian Beer, and I'm on Instagram at Cascadian Beer Podcast. For more information about this podcast series and to check out other episodes I've done, you can head to the website at cascadian.beer. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate you listening. And until next time, remember, support your local.